Hello and welcome into the Potbelly Pigskin Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Liam and I am excited to have Graham joining me tonight. Going from a one-man show to a two-man show. How's it going tonight, Graham? Things are good. Perfect. So, uh, Graham... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, excited to be here. Awesome. And yeah, tomorrow we're looking to have Zach, who is Graham's brother, join us as well. So I'm excited for that too. Um, tonight, we're going to take a look into the matchups going into week six. So we'll try and break down each matchup, go into who's a, who's a good start for the week, who you might want to pivot from, some deeper streamers that you can take a look at. And we'll probably have some disagreements on some players tonight, I'm sure, as we do when we're normally watching football. So I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Me too. Perfect. All right, so let's get right into it here. First game of the week, Thursday nighter, Tampa Bay against Philly. Just to go over the initial stats um, for Tampa Bay and Philly. Philly's allowing the 22nd most points to the quarterback, the 12th most points to the running back, the 27th most points to the wide receiver, and the 10th most points to the tight end. Who are you looking at? on the Tampa Bay side of things right now? Like, you're obviously starting Brady, right? Because he's an every-week start. But who do you think? Yeah. I, personally, I think uh, I, I like Fournette a lot this week. I think that if um, Gronk is to return, I definitely like the odds that he kind of picks up where he left off. Yeah, and he, I mean, he is on that, uh, He is him and Brady are on that, that crazy, like, twin knowing what the other one is thinking kind of uh, level. So I, I definitely think, yeah, Gronk is, if he comes back, which they they say he is trending towards coming back and playing this Thursday. Um, and yeah, I agree. Fournette is also a great start this week. I think that with Gronk coming back, you have to temper your expectations for one of those three big wide receivers on a team though. Just, and I, I, I personally think it's going to be Mike Evans this week, just because I think he's going to see Darius slay a lot. It's it's such a hard thing to call with Tampa Bay, uh, especially with Mike Evans, who is kind of a boomer bust naturally, even before Brady. But uh, I I definitely think that there's a better chance in this one personally, but. He could get three. He could get thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a possibility. Is there any if, like? If are you're you... up against. I was gonna say, if you're up against a really tough team that you think is probably gonna blow you out, Evans is a great start. If you're up against a team that you think you're pretty even on, and all you really need out of a guy is ten points, Evans may not be that guy. Yeah. I would tend to agree with that. So, I mean, is are you playing Geo this week? Do you think he's going to really see anything? Or do you think they're going to lean on Fournette more on the first and second down and not really have a need for Geo? They like Fournette uh, in the passing game, too. I don't really see why you go to Geo until he establishes that they're going to go to him. Yeah. Okay, so moving over to the Philly side of the ball. Tampa has the ninth most points to the allows the ninth most points to the quarterback, the twenty fifth most to the running back, the fourth most to the wide receiver, and the ninth most to the tight end. 
I do really like Jalen Hurts in this matchup because I feel like it is a safer play, not from just a passing perspective, but obviously with a rushing quarterback, you have that super safe baseline. Absolutely. I think uh, there's no reason you don't go with Hertz. I think that Tampa definitely has a great pass rush, and they're very adept at getting to the quarterback, but Hertz, it, you know, with Philly's offensive line, he's not, he's not exactly unused to being on the run anyway, and he's very mobile, which should yeah. be a lot of that difficulty. Absolutely. I, are, you, are you quitting Miles Sanders? I quit Miles Sanders before the season started. Okay. So you were I, never I, in I, Miles Sanders. Still on his bandwagon. <laughs> I think everybody else is just like everybody's just so afraid to let him go or not have any like not trust him enough that he will come out and he'll have one of those big games. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's going to be this week. He's been super inefficient, and I I honestly I, think I, that I, they'll probably go. It'll look a lot like Baltimore, right? Like, Hertz is the RB1, essentially, as well as the quarterback, right? And then you'll see Gainwell getting in there on passing downs, too, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I think Sanders, just because Tampa Bay's defense is, is so tough to run against, there's no, like, you're, it's hard to even play him in good matchups right now. Um, they, Tampa Bay did shut down the wide receiver against Miami, and that was something they weren't doing the past four games. And I, I hate, I, I don't like saying this, but it's like they went and got Richard Sherman and it was better than anything they had on their team. But it's also, I mean, Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback they were playing against Miami. I still think Devonta Smith is a decent start this week. I would absolutely agree with that. I think that Miami is a team... I mean, Brissett's basically not going to throw anything more than 20 yards and... Tampa is really, really susceptible to deep stuff. So it was kind of the perfect matchup for their corners and their defense. Absolutely. And the other the other thing, too, um, I saw today is Dallas Goddard is on the COVID-19 list. And with it being a Thursday night game and them just putting him on Tuesday, it's, it pretty much guarantees he is not going to be playing on Thursday. And that means Zach Ertz is going to be the number one tight end in a positive tight end matchup against Tampa Bay. So I think Zach Ertz is a great start stream because, I mean, like he's on almost every waiver wire out there. So I think he, like starting him this week, if you're one of those teams that had, just doesn't have that reliable tight end, Zach Ertz is definitely somebody you can pick up, put right into your lineup, and be really happy with the outcome. I would absolutely agree with that. Perfect. Um, do you have any deep streamers that you're thinking about on the on the Philly side? You never know if Gainwell's going to come out with something. Uh, the fact that he's their kind of third down guy, and there's a good chance that Philly's going to get behind early and be playing catch up. Uh, Gainwell definitely has some mediocre flex appeal if you're kind of one of those people who's got three or four guys on by right now. Yeah. Blue just got injured. You yeah. know, if you're gonna throw a gonna throw a dart, Gainwell's not the worst dart to throw. I think he's a very safe dart. <laughs> just especially looking at Tampa Bay against Miami last week with Gaskin getting ten receptions. 
I think Gainwell yeah. is a very safe dart. I think if you're looking from a standard league perspective, I think Gainwell loses a lot of appeal. Absolutely. I think if, yeah, full PPR, Gainwell should get five catches, I would guess, at least. So, you know, you, you pretty much covered your week from a floor perspective already at that point. Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to the next matchup, which is Seattle against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got the 13th, allowing the 13th most points to the quarterback. 29th most to the running back, second most to the wide receiver, and 25th most points to the tight end. This is tough just because it's not Russell Wilson. It is Geno Smith. Um, so, I mean, it, because it is Geno Smith, I think, like, it, I a lot of people have dropped the Pittsburgh defense and aren't playing them just because of the amount of points they've been allowing this season. I do think they are safe to stream this week um, because they are out there. Um, but... I do think, even though it is Geno Smith, it provides enough. And I know this is something we were talking about before, and we're probably we might disagree on. I know that we both think Metcalf's going to be okay to start, but I think Lockett is okay this week because I still think Geno is going to provide enough not not for himself to be fantasy relevant, but for both Lockett and Metcalf to be fantasy relevant and good starts, in my opinion. Personally, I think uh, I think Gino will probably end up running the ball a little bit. He'll probably be a bit flustered, and I think he's going to end up throwing to his biggest target, which is Metcalf. I think Lockett is a great route runner. He's a reliable guy, but he's the kind of wide receiver that you like with quarterbacks who are actually good at what they do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that very well could be it as well. Um, and yeah, you know, the other thing too, in regards to the Pittsburgh matchup being so tough for running backs, I, I, I feel like just with Seattle having an injured backfield with Chris Carson and not it, Alex Collins was okay, not super effective against the Rams, but I don't think they're going to be able to really run the ball against Pittsburgh. So I think there might be a lot of passing downs, a lot of Geno Smith trying to find wide receivers so i mean i i hope it turns out for lockett i think metcalf's the safest thing still waiting to find out about chris carson's health whether he's going to play this week i know that the initial the initial word on carson last week going into the thursday nighter was that they expected him to miss multiple weeks and i'm i was trying to find information on him today i haven't been able to find anything yet I, I think it's going to be one of those things. That, it is an early game on Sunday, so you should have something to pivot to in the afternoon. But uh, hopefully, hopefully he's back in there. If he's if he is back in there, I still think Alex Collins will do enough because it was looking it was like it was going towards more of a 50-50 split with them before Carson was out. I I think you also have to realize that Pittsburgh has an amazing run defense. Yeah, the chances are pretty good that Carson in or out won't really matter all that much. They'll probably still have a lot of issues running the ball. True. Very, very good, very good point. Um, going to the Pittsburgh side of the ball, Seattle's allowing the 12th most points to the quarterback, fourth most points to the running back, eighth most points to the wide receiver, 15th most points to the tight end. I don't like asking this question, but are you streaming Big Ben this week if you're a quarterback needy team? Unless I'm in a 
two QB league or one where you've got a super flex, I'm not going to touch Big Ben. Okay. Um, I like I like the fact that Seattle is, is terrible, but if I'm in even in a 12 team league, you got to think you're probably not looking too far beyond the top 16 quarterbacks on the week. Yeah. And I don't don't see Big Ben because some people will have two quarterbacks regardless, but I still don't see Big Ben being inside the top 20. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. And it's it's just watching watching him against Denver last week. Like he was throwing the ball downfield to Deontay a bit. And just with having Najee in the backfield and obviously being a really good pass catcher, he could turn any of those short passes into fantasy points for Big Ben just with yards after the catch. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I would definitely try and go somewhere else with Big Ben. Uh, sorry, a stream somewhere else other than Big Ben. But I think it, he does provide enough value for both Deontay and Claypool this week, especially with Seattle being a positive matchup for wide receivers. And also, you're going to see their targets increase because Juju's out for the season now with the shoulder injury. So, I I, I actually really like Claypool this week uh, with the fact that I think they're going to be going run heavy. Uh, I highly do not see Seattle pulling away at any point where they got to abandon the run. Uh, I think there's a very good chance Claypool gets a couple sweeps or, you know, a, a few different looks like that as well as getting some actual rushing yards. Yeah. On top of the fact that it's hard not to see Claypool and Deontay getting at least five to ten targets. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, just because, I mean, they did like to run Claypool out of the backfield last year, too. Um, I don't know if they've really done that this much this year. But, yeah, I, I think it just to kind of take some of the pressure off Big Ben running Claypool out. I mean, they did go get Najee, so maybe they're not looking to do that. But, yeah, I think Claypool is a great start this week as well. Um, I, I just feel like Najee can only run so many times in a game before the you, wheels fall off. So you would think, but... Yeah, you would you would hope. I, I mean, I'm kind of the same way, but at the same time, Pittsburgh's what making Ben throw after it basically throwing his arm out. So I, I mean, maybe that's just him being stubborn. But anyways, um, going on to the next matchup, Miami against Jacksonville. Jacksonville is allowing the 15th most points to the quarterback, the fifth most points to the running back, the 21st most points to the wide receiver, and the sixth most points to the tight end. One of the things that I'm keeping an eye out on this week is if Tua is going to be back. He was throwing yesterday. He is eligible to come back from the short-term IR this week. And I feel if with him coming back, that upgrades Jalen Waddell as well as Devontae Parker, as well as Mike Gesicki, and as well as Miles Gaskin in a good matchup too. Yeah, I think it's hard to disagree that Tua is the best quarterback on that team this year. I don't think you could necessarily say that last year, <laughs> but you can this year. And I think that regardless of whether or not Tua's back, I think Gaskins as long as or Gaskin as long as they as long as they don't inexplicably decide not to play their by far best running back on the team, 
Uh, I think it's hard not to see Gaskin having a really good game in this one that should be close and they should be running a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it's a plus matchup for Gaskin in the sense that if they get up a touchdown, they're going to be looking to run that ball a lot more against Jacksonville's really bad run defense. Oh, and I think that um, Brissett almost plays into Gaskin as well because he loves to throw short. Yeah. Uh, when you got a quarterback who doesn't throw over 20 yards, there's a lot of check down yardage to be gained. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that also bodes fine for Gasecki. I think that those two are kind of fine regardless of who is at QB. I think your wide receivers is a bit of a different story, and I think Tua definitely is going to make you a lot more comfortable starting either of those two wide receivers. Yeah, let me ask you a question here. If So do you have Waddle in front of Devontae Parker? Would, is that how you would rate them? Like you'd have Waddle first, Devontae Parker second? With Tua, I would say... I'm completely on the fence and don't know which way to go. Okay, but uh, are you with... comfortable are you comfortable starting both of them if two is the quarterback? Depends how bad my team is, but uh, <laughs> I would say they are flex possible. Okay, I'm comfortable starting both of them if two is a quarterback, if it's just Brissett at quarterback with I mean Parker was out last week too, right? So with him, there's a possibility he doesn't play this week either. If if they're both if they're both start if they're both healthy and playing, and two is the quarterback, I'm happy starting both of them. If it's Brissett, I'm just starting Waddle. Yeah. Okay, and going over to the Jackson Jacksonville side of the ball, Miami is allowing the sixth most points to the quarterback, second most points to the running back, the fifth most to the wide receiver, and the fourteenth most to the tight end. Are you streaming Trevor Lawrence this week? I think Trevor Lawrence is a decent enough streamer. Um, obviously, you're happy to have him this week in any kind of 2QB or super flex. But I think you could stream him, depending on who's on the waiver wire. I think if you've got an option like uh, Burrow or Heineke, um, yeah. I'd probably look that way, but, uh, if those guys aren't available, I don't see any reason that you're worried about Lawrence. He puts up decent enough numbers. He just also throws a lot of picks. He's been running the ball a little bit more too. Like the Thursday nighter against Cincinnati a couple weeks ago, he was running the ball and that is something he did at Clemson as well. And I really hope they let him do more. But, uh, and I mean, that makes his baseline super safe too as a streamer too. So, I mean, plus matchup to the quarterback, safe, like you could have a very safe baseline with the rushing from Lawrence. I think he's a really good streamer, if not maybe probably the best one for me this week. I know I do like, I do like Heineke this week. I will agree with you there. I do like Heineke a lot and Burrow, but I mean, I just, I think when I'm looking to stream quarterbacks, I'm also looking for a pretty safe baseline from the quarterback position because nothing kills you more than streaming a quarterback and only getting three points. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's possible for Trevor Lawrence to only have single digit points in this week's matchup. 
I don't know, personally, if I if I'm choosing between the three, and I did have this option in one of my leagues, <laughs> I'm going. Um, I think that, and we'll get into that a little more, but I think the Kansas City baseline is higher than anything else out there right now. Yeah, that could be true. Just Washington going against Kansas City. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. We will get into that in a moment. Yeah. You're starting James Robinson, though, too, right? Like, you have to. Yeah, yeah. He's he's so yeah. good. He's an every-week start, regardless of matchup. It's This matchup is great for him, with Miami allowing the second-most points to the running back. They allowed uh, a lot of rush yards, a lot of points to Jonathan Taylor uh, last week. Uh, sorry, two weeks ago when Indy was missing two of their starting offensive linemen. So it, it's it, you start Robinson. I personally am not starting either LaVisca Chenault or Marvin Jones just because even with Miami allowing the fifth most points to the wide receiver, I don't know who it is. I don't know who, who it's going to be. And I, I don't want to play that game. I wouldn't touch either, either. <laughs> All right. So let's, are, are you starting any of the, like any tight end on Jacksonville? Like, are you going anywhere else? The only, the only person I would say is an absolute start is Robinson on that yeah. team right now. I agree. All right. Let's go to the next matchup, which is Cincinnati against Detroit. Detroit's allowing the 20th most points to the quarterback, the most points to the running back the 23rd most points to the wide receiver, and the 21st most points to the tight end. We did touch on it already. Joe Burrow is a good stream this week. Um, my, I, I'm really hoping Mixon is healthy this week and that they, they do give him the ball a lot because this is an awesome matchup for him. And I think the points that are allowed to the quarterback by Detroit, are they're a little bit misleading because the amount of points they're allowing to the running back. Quarterback's not having to throw as much, right? So, I mean, you start Mixon, Mixon's going to have a great week. In what order do you put the wide receivers on Cincinnati? Honestly, I think what it comes down to is how much you think Cincy's going to blow Detroit out by. If you think <laughs> going to be up 21 nothing at halftime, I don't think you really want to rely as hard on any of their wide receivers. Like, you maybe want to throw it to Chase because it's hard to sit him. Yeah, but wouldn't necessarily expect a ton. It's why I think Burrow. I think he's a great start this week. I see him being a very high floor, but I think the distance between his floor and his ceiling is not that far because it's hard not to see Cincy getting up early and basically just running the ball for most of the second half. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that going uh, going that direction as well. I I do I probably put them in the order of Chase, Boyd, and Higgins this week just because I I feel like Boyd's floor is safer and if they do get up, he's still gonna be that short to intermediate guy who Burrow's gonna be looking for on third down, I feel. Um and I just think i I think he's a safer play than Higgins if it is what we think it's going to be a giant blowout of Detroit. So um, going over to the Detroit side of the ball, we've got Cincinnati allowing the 21st most points to the quarterback, the 20th most points to the running back, 19th most points to the wide receiver, 29th most points to the tight end. I think Cincinnati's defense is actually pretty good this year. I'm not, even though Jared Goff's getting a lot of pass attempts, which is 
turn obviously that's a lot of opportunities i'm not looking to start golf this week um and i'm probably not looking to start anybody other than deandre swift because hawkinson is playing through an injury i think it all depends on what hawkinson's looking at uh coming into it i think um golf is gonna probably end up throwing the ball at the very least 30 times I don't think he's been below 35 this year for pass yeah. attempts. Yeah, because they're always playing from behind. Yeah. Uh, it it doesn't really affect Swift because he's got catch appeal as well. Yeah. But I think, I think the chances, like Goff's floor, unless he is just absolutely terrible. Which is entirely which he, possible. <laughs> possible but he usually isn't um you know you got to assume he'll probably throw at least 30 times probably closer to 40 and if he's throwing 40 pass attempts even if he only completes 20 of them for 200 yards you still got to think he maybe gets one of those in the end zone and has a mediocre floor so i don't think he's the complete must sit that a defense like cincinnati would normally command but I wouldn't start him in a single QB league, I don't think. Yeah. I'm just worried. Like, you know, I mean, it goes back into the seasons that Goff had with LA. And I I feel like this is going to be one of those games that where you're just like, oh, Goff is doing Goff things again, right? Because I, I really do think that the Cincinnati defense is, is a very good defense. Maybe not great for fantasy, but they are a very solid defense and shut down almost like they're they're in the bottom third for points allowed in pr for pretty much every fantasy category so yeah oh yeah they're they're I a really good defense i think we should move on to the fun stuff <laughs> you want kansas city washington so bad <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to sit here and talk about the lions anymore <laughs> all right kansas city versus washington Kansas City's allowing the second most points to the quarterback, 10th most to the running back. Sorry, Washington. I said Kansas City is allowing. This is hard because they're both really bad defenses. Um, Washington's allowing the second most points to the quarterback, 10th most points to the running back, 6th most points to the wide receiver, and 20th most points to the tight end. You, you, you know who you're starting on the Kansas City side. Um, I had here that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to be a good start. Obviously, that's not the case anymore because he's going to be out for a few weeks with the MCL sprain. I think Daryl Williams is a good start. because I, I think he's a great player. Yeah, I, he's going to get the bulk of the carries. I think McKinnon is going to be in there, but he's had health concerns in the past. I, I think they'll that they will rely on Williams and they'll get McKinnon in. I think it's probably going to be more like a 60-30 a split between the two of them. I, I think in this game... Uh, Kansas City's probably going to get themselves a decent lead. Yeah. And uh, Kansas City's not one of those teams that – it's not like New England back in the day where they don't take their foot off the gas pedal. I, I could see Kansas City giving the ball to Williams 20 times in the game uh, if they get up early by a decent amount. So I think Williams definitely has some really good – potential ceiling yeah um you're starting mahomes and hill and kelsey 
Hill did have a bit of a knee issue in the game against Buffalo, but all indications are he's going to be fine. They're going to play him. You're going to put him in his in your fantasy lineups regardless because he is Tyreek Hill. Who's the wide receiver two on this team, in your opinion? Nicole uh, Hardman all the way. Yeah, I I honest I I agree, and I do think that it with Hill maybe being a little bit um hampered by injury this week. I think I think Hardman might be a sneaky play this week. I think Hardman's a great flex streamer. I would play him with confidence yeah. if I needed a flex streamer spot filled. Um chances are there's going to be there's going to be points up if Hill's even slightly less quick than he normally is. He's a tiny guy. Like he's not uh He's not getting open if there's anyone remotely close to him. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So I, I think Hardman offers um, some great upside, and I really don't think Josh Gordon is anyone to be excited about. No, I I'm... don't see why Gordon got so excited he got traded to Kansas or City. Like he's, I think everybody or, I was think everybody's still like up. in love with his season when he was the leading receiver in the league and was that guy that you took if not in free agency or late in a draft basically one year your leagues but that was like what was that six years ago seven years ago Calvin Johnson was still in the league then yeah like, absolutely it, it so long ago I mean he's, I, I think that was before OBJ's rookie season yeah so I, OBJ has already been the best receiver in the league since and is now over the hill <laughs> like right receivers don't have that long of a lifespan usually no and you know i have some very interesting takes i don't I, I mean i don't know if they're that interesting on the wide receivers in cleveland we'll get to them in a bit here but uh i yeah I, anyways let's yeah, move to the washington true. side of the ball because personally i think there's more questions on this side of the ball of who you're starting because there's so many people that you've spent you spent a lot of draft capital on Kansas City that you're starting no matter what kind of matchup it is. But on the Washington side of the ball, Kansas City is allowing the most points to the quarterback position, the 11th most points to the running back, the 11th most to the wide receiver, and the 5th most to the tight end. We already alluded to it. Taylor Heineke is a great stream this week. Antonio, Absolutely. He, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I'd say Heineke, he's, he's not a very good quarterback. But he's aggressive. He pushes the ball downfield. Yeah. He'll probably have a two again, but he'll probably have a couple of touchdowns. It's he's got McLaurin, and he's up against a terrible defense. Yeah, and the other thing, the other thing too, is he was like I saw less usage of, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm imagining this, but I, McKissick was not used that much in the passing game last week, and Antonio Gibson, I think, had more receptions than McKissick. And Gibson is has a stress fracture in his shin on his leg, but they still gave him the ball twenty times last week. I think as long as they're, um, I mean, Gibson's a hard one to sit any week that he's willing to limp his way into a game. Um, he's, I mean, he used to be a wide receiver. He's yeah. a great receiving running back. Um, he's also just a great running back, and yeah. it's. Hard to see in this game, even with the likelihood that Heineke's throwing 
passes, Washington's playing from behind for a large portion, it's hard to see them not still utilizing their best weapons, especially when one of them is such a good receiver. Absolutely. So I think fine as long as he's healthy enough. And I think also uh, with Kansas City probably being up big in this game, um, sorry, I meant to say this before when we were talking about Taylor Heineke, like you are going to see enough points from him for him to be fantasy relevant before you get to garbage time, and then you're going to get to garbage time, and he's going to get you another 10 points probably. Um, Terry McLaurin is going to be the benefactor from that because I it, um, Curtis Samuel is fighting a groin injury, so I think McLaurin is going to have a crazy target share this week playing against Kansas City, and it's a great matchup for wide receivers too going against Kansas City. It's not hard to see an avenue that McLaurin ends up being the top receiver on the week. Yeah. Now, I, and I mean, he's you probably spent up on him too, so he's going to be in your lineup regardless. The question that I have, uh, the reason why I want to talk about Washington more is because we had questions about Gibson and his health. Logan Thomas has been a good tight end when he has been healthy this year. He missed last week the hamstring injury. Obviously, hamstring injuries take a while before they get back to 100%. If Thomas isn't playing this week, are you comfortable trying? You're in a really deep league. Tight ends are hard to come by. I personally think Ricky Seals-Jones has a very high ceiling this week. He could be one of those guys that you could just get for nothing off of the waiver wire, put him into your lineup, and be... He could be, I don't know, in the top... Eight tight ends, I'd say, on the week. I, I could see that. Just because Kansas, Kansas City is so bad almost everywhere. And and you know they're going to be throwing the ball. You know they're, there's going to be plenty of targets. And Washington isn't, I mean, outside of the running back, whichever running back it happens to be on any one down, and uh, McLaurin, I don't really see a lot of other areas where the ball's going to get thrown. Yeah. So he could very easily have a great week. Um, but even with Washington, you know, Heineke's been aggressive and thrown the ball a lot. Even with that, Thomas has not really had any big weeks so far when he was healthy. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that he had, like, I, I think his floor is good in this one. Um, but, and his ceiling is high, but I think his ceiling is not overly likely. All right, let's move on to the next matchup just because this is the one that has perplexed me a bit. I don't know about you, but I'm, having a hard time deciding where I really want to go other than the obvious plays in this matchup. Um, Minnesota and Carolina. Carolina's allowing the 19th most points to the quarterback, 32nd, so the least amount of points to the running back, um, the 26th most points to the wide receiver, and the 19th most points to the tight end. Carolina's defense is really good. Um, I'm not looking to stream Kirk Cousins this week just because of how good their defense is. And I feel like with Dalvin Cook not being healthy, and he, I mean, he missed last week. Alexander Madison had a great week, but Alexander Madison is not Dalvin Cook. Um, 
I think it's going to be easier for Carolina to scheme just taking away probably Justin Jefferson. I would say Justin Jefferson is the number one the number one weapon on that team after you take away Dalvin Cook. And then you're looking at Adam Thielen, and I don't think they have enough pieces on that team for them to be fantasy relevant. Like, I don't think – you can't rely on Thielen to be a number one receiver, in my opinion, anymore. I think he's more of a you start him when he's in a good matchup kind of wide receiver now. I don't know. I I think I disagree a little bit just in the sense that I think Jefferson is definitely the number one, but I think choice matchups just increase Thielen. Last week was obviously a bad week for him. He got a little bit late in the game, but I think Thielen, this matchup in particular, with how good they already are against the run, I don't see them, you know, stacking up boxes and need the box and needing to really jump on it too much so it's possible they try and do a new england style to jefferson yeah uh which might give Thielen. i think it's going to be one or the other and honestly i don't have a ton of faith in either at, for this game yeah i'm really afraid <laughs> for jefferson this game. week yeah but, I mean, like I've said about a lot of the wide receivers that we've talked about in the last couple of matchups, you paid up for these guys. You're probably starting them anyways. Jefferson. I mean, I've got Jefferson in a few leagues. I'm going to be starting him this week. I'm not super confident about it. I wasn't super confident about it in the Cleveland matchup, but he came through. So, I'm, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid. How much... It, I don't have very much faith in Madison. If Cook is out, how much faith do you have? I I consider him a volume play, essentially. Uh, Madison, I I think it, either running back, they're going to end up pretty disappointing a bit, but not a ton. I don't think Carolina is going to blow Minnesota out. Um, so I think there will be a decent amount of running that happens. There'll probably be a lot of punts in this game. Yeah. But they'll probably still, you know, give the ball to the running back. Even if Cook's healthy, he might end up with a 50-50 split if they're looking to make sure he, he's 100%. I just don't see either of them really going off at all. And chances are they're going to be you know, if it ends up whoever gets the 15, 20 touches between Madison and Cook, uh, chances are they're not going to do a great deal with them, but they'll still have 15 to 20 touches, which gives you a decent enough floor for a flex spot. Yeah, I, I, would, yeah, I would agree with I would, that. I would agree. Okay, moving over to the Carolina side of the ball. Minnesota is allowing the 23rd most points to the quarterback, 13th most points to the running back, 17th most points to the wide receiver, and 23rd most points to the tight end. I'm not streaming Darnold this week. He was one of my main guys to go and stream uh, in a couple of my other leagues the last few weeks. But in this matchup, I Minnesota's defense has actually been pretty decent. And I also think with Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey almost played last week. I think he's back this week. I think 
they are going to look to run the ball on Minnesota because that front seven has been pretty susceptible to the running back position. So in the event that for some reason Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, I think Hubbard is a good play this week as well. Um, what are you feeling in the running back room for Carolina? Um, I mean, obviously, if McCaffrey's in the lineup, it's it's McCaffrey. Absolutely, um, yeah. Playing him. Um, you also can have faith in the fact that Carolina likes to give McCaffrey absolutely every touch they possibly can, even when he's a little hobbled. So chances are they're going to run him regardless. Yeah. Um, Hopefully he doesn't get and, injured again. <laughs> If you got McCaffrey, you kind of both love and hate his 20 to 30 touches a game. Um, but it is what it is. And if he's in, you, you play McCaffrey. If he's not, Hubbard's absolutely a decent enough flex. Uh, it's a game that should have plenty of running. It'll be, should be close, lots of punting. Um, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't play either one. How are you feeling about the wide receivers for Carolina this week? Not particularly excited, but it's hard not to think that uh, at the very least Moore might have a decent enough game. He gets a little more th- short stuff, so. Yeah, I think the only I one mean, that it, I'm looking to start is probably DJ Moore. I mean, that's biased opinion. Yeah. I mean, I have lots of shares of DJ Moore. <laughs> I have zero, and I still think that, so he can rely on that a little more <laughs> perfect gives me some confidence all right uh do you have anybody else you want to talk about in this game or you get to move on to the nope. next one yeah okay sweet um my my favorite place to find some streams this week is in this game um houston against indianapolis indianapolis is allowing the third most points to the quarterback the 26th the most points to the running back the third most to the wide receiver, and the third most to the tight end. I am not super confident in starting anybody other than Brandon Cooks for the Houston side of the ball, but saying that, Mills had a good game last week, and Indy is allowing a lot of points to the quarterback. I know a lot of that has come from playing Lamar Jackson last night, uh, but I still think they're very susceptible to just... I. They're not the same defense they were the last uh, the last two years. I think if if you're feeling crazy, I, which I mean, some people maybe you're zero and five and you want to do something that you think is uh, that your league would think is crazy, but you want to play them and just be like, hey, look, I played Davis Mills and beat you. Um, I think you could. I and I I feel really gross saying this. I think you could stream Davis Mills this week. He wouldn't be anywhere near my top streamers. Uh, um, I think Indy's defense gets a bad rap due to having really good quarterbacks. But I think that uh, anything's possible. He's not the worst streamer you could have, but I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't bother. There's plenty of other better ones out there that we've already mentioned. Yes, but um, also start, the other uh, thing that Black, sorry forget Houston start cooking. Start Cooks as a flex if you want to, and then forget about Houston. So the other thing is that I want to that I want to talk about the Indies, Indianapolis defense is they're already missing, I believe, their one of their starting corners and their nickelback going into the game against Baltimore last week. 
They lost Xavier Rhodes and Sendejo. So they're missing four starters from their secondary. That's the, that's another reason why I'm like, hey, if you want to be crazy, flex Davis Mills. Sorry, uh, stream Davis Mills. Um, okay, so yeah, let's move over to the indie side of the ball before we get too crazy. Um, Houston is allowing the 14th most points to the quarterback, 15th most to the running back, 28th most to the wide receiver, and most points to the tight end position. I'm comfortable streaming Carson Wentz this week. I'm probably going to be streaming him Absolutely. in one of my other leagues. Um, I think just Houston is a good team to stream quarterbacks against. Yeah, I think Wentz, and Wentz has been getting better week to week now after suffering the ankle injuries, and I don't see any reason that uh, his um, chemistry with uh, Pittman especially doesn't continue to grow. And Did you I see that Wentz cast last night? Gamer. Yeah, I think uh, Pitt, Pittman's, Pittman's a great player who's going to get a lot of targets moving forward. He's he's the number one guy. I don't care who uh, you know, who's, who's coming back. Whether, like, it, you go with Pittman. Pittman I think he does way solid. more things. Even when Hilton gets back, he does way more things than T.Y. Hilton can do. Well, and and he's a great... He's great short distance, too. Yeah. He runs his routes well. He's a big guy. He can still make plays downfield. Um, he's going to get at least 10 looks a game, I think, moving forward. At least. Uh, so it's hard not to see Pittman as, uh, you know, high-end wide receiver two as we move towards the second half of the season. Yeah, I I would 100% agree with that. Um, you're going to start Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it is not an awesome matchup. I mean, it's not a terrible matchup either. But uh, even if Nelson and Smith are still out, Taylor is going to have a good game. Um the tight ends, who are you choose? Because it is a really good matchup for the tight ends. They're allowing the most points to the tight end in fantasy football. Who are you choosing between Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox? Probably neither. Um, it is a <laughs> if, great If you matchup. had to, if you were, if you had to choose between one of the two of them, who are you choosing? I think Cox gives me more upside with a touchdown, which I think is where you find relevance with an Indianapolis tight end. Yeah, he has had more of the snap percentages, and he has obviously had more end zone targets too than Doyle. Obviously, being on the field more, and I mean he's a he's humongous. Like he is, he's who Wentz is looking for when they get down to the end zone. I he has way more upside than Doyle. I'd be picking Cox as well because it is a a good defense, I'll say. I, I'm in quotation marks with Indianapolis. I think you can start Indianapolis against Houston because, in the in the event that sorry, just the fact that you're playing a rookie quarterback, anytime you can choose a defense that has been pretty good in the past and still has a lot of those same pieces, regardless of injury, and they're playing a rookie quarterback, it's always a safe bet to do that. Agreed. 
All right, let's move on to the Rams versus the Giants. The Giants are allowing the eighth most points to the quarterback, the eighth most points to the running back, the 12th most points to the wide receiver, and the seventh most points to the tight end. Stafford's going to have a good week. I mean, he has the last two, the last couple weeks, he hasn't had awesome weeks, but I think this is going to be a good week where you can rely on Stafford to be one of those top, top, I would say, five because I feel like he's got a better matchup than some of the some of the other quarterbacks that are past those top three like the the Allen the Mahomes and the the Lamar right I like I think he could be that fourth or fifth quarterback on the week based off of his matchup I think if you don't have you know a really solid place to go and chances are if you have Stafford you have him you haven't picked them up off waiver wires recently. Uh, you've ha- you have them. You've had them. You're gonna play them. Yeah, absolutely. And Henderson, Henderson is somebody that I'm confident in being uh, like in the RB two category uh, against the Giants defense. Giants defense is allowing the eighth most points, as I said, to the running back position. Great start this week. Um, the uh, Cup and uh, Woods. Are still the top two wide receivers. As many times as I've talked about Van Jefferson, I think Van Jefferson, if he was a better blocker, he would be on the field more than Robert Woods. I know Robert Woods had a great game last week, but I feel like Van Jefferson, they spent the second round pick to get him. He's a really good wide receiver, but until further notice, it's still just Cup and Woods that I'm the most confident in starting. Agreed. Um, Higby, you have not been able to rely on him a lot this year. He saved his week last week with a, tu- with a touchdown on the only catch that he had of the game, I think. Um, and he has been fighting injuries for the last three weeks. But this is a great matchup to be playing Higby in with the Giants. Like, the Giants linebackers can't cover anything. And I think Higby matched up against them. It is a mismatch. You're going to see a good week from Higby this week. And then just because the amount of injuries that the Giants have on the other side of the ball, the LA Rams defense is a great start this week. Agreed. Anybody else you're looking uh, at on the, on the Rams side? Nope, not at all. Um, I think you basically have, you know, quarterback, running back, two wide receivers, Higby if you want, if you don't have better options, and then there's not a whole lot else you're going to go for beyond that, I think. Yeah. Especially a good chance that they end up up early. Yeah. So, throwing-wise, things could get uh, a bit bleak beyond the top two wide receivers. And, I mean, if they do get up early, like, if you're hurting, because it's a complete possibility that they might, with Henderson having suffered an injury two weeks ago, if they get up early, they might just throw Sony Michelle in there just to finish off the game. Like, if you're in a, a super, super deep league, like 14 team, 16 team, I know that a lot of people don't like playing those kinds of leagues. I am in a 14 team league, and Sony Michelle is actually a half decent thought of playing this week just because if, if LA gets up huge on a completely injured and run down Giants team. Michelle, they'll probably just lean on him just to make sure Henderson stays healthy. I, th- I think they like Michelle, too. I know uh, Henderson has definitely established himself, but uh, they brought in Michelle there 
running back coach loves him. Yeah. Um, there's a good chance that Michelle ends up with 10 plus touches this game and has a very decent floor, I think. All right, let's talk about the Giants. I really don't want to, but unfortunately we have to. Um, Rams are allowing the 16th most points to the quarterback, 18th most points to the running back, 14th most to the wide receiver, 16th most to the tight end. It's hard to talk about anybody on the Giants right now because we don't know what's happening with Daniel Jones. We are pretty sure Barkley's going to be out based off the ankle injury that he suffered last week. And Kenny Galladay left as well, too. So, And they were already without Sterling Shepard. I'm not really confident in any pieces on the Giants' side of the ball because it's probably going to be end up being Mike Glennon this week, and he's not going to have Barkley. He might not have Galladay. He might not have Shepard. Even though saying that, you need to add uh, Tony off your waivers. If he is there, go grab Tony. Tony's... Tony's solid. Um, he looks like a great, great young player. I don't think he's necessarily going to give you a lot this season. But moving forward, I think he has, if you're in a keeper league, he's not, not the, the worst one you can uh, pick up these days, especially with Holiday not looking very solid at all this season. Yeah. Um, but Glennon is... Glennon. Yeah. I would not bank on him doing anything. I have more Even confidence in Geno Smith than I have in Mike Glennon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that That's definitely agreed. Um, Never thought I'd I think say that. Geno Smith, uh, Smith could score better than Glennon on the week with just with his running up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to see them not teeing off a little bit on the run. Yeah. I, because Booker's going to get the Booker. start, but he's. I don't think... He, I'm not confident in playing Booker this week just because there's not enough pieces there to support a run game. He's an extremely mediocre option, and I think Glennon is such a bad option that there's a good chance that he's going to get really focused on and obliterated a lot. Yeah. Alright, can we stop talking about this matchup and move on? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, LA Chargers versus Baltimore Ravens. Um, this is going to be a great game to watch. Uh, Baltimore is allowing the 19th most points to the quarterback, 9th most to the running back, 24th most to the wide receiver, and 4th most to the tight end. Um, Justin Herbert, you're going to start regardless of matchup. He's an absolutely unreal quarterback. He brings so much value to the rest of his team because of how good he is. Um, going into this week, if you're expecting, I know that they were playing Kansas City last week and uh, and um, Austin, uh, Austin Eckler. Sorry, that's I, for some reason his name had just escaped my head. Um, if you're expecting Austin Eckler to have a game like he did last week, I think. Baltimore is going to be looking out for that because I, I feel that Baltimore's secondary is much better, that they don't necessarily have to rely on having to double cover as much people as much as Cleveland might have had to. And I think Eckler's still going to be a great play this week, 
but I think it's going to be more of the receptions. Like, if you're looking at him in a standard league, he's not going to do what he did for you in a standard league last week, this week. PPR is fine. I think if... I think if you have Eckler and you're even remotely considering not starting him, either you're in like a two-team league, or you're crazy. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying start him. I'm just saying that I don't think he's gonna be. He was a league winner last. Sorry, a, a week winner last week. He's not. I I honestly think he's not gonna have as good of a week this week as he did last week. I mean, that's easy it's to say to because he scored expect. like almost forty yeah. points, but. But I think I think Baltimore is going to pay a little bit more attention to that, because um, it is yeah it it I I do like um, I sorry I do have um, a little bit of worries starting Keenan Allen just because he is going to get the Marlon Humphrey treatment. Um, I think Williams is Williams has been the better play a few times this year more than Allen has, a, a, and I think he's going to be the better play this week anyways. I would agree with that, even though I'm highly invested in Allen and not at all in Williams. I would absolutely agree yeah. that Williams was the better this week. Yeah, I'm not saying by any means sit Keenan Allen. Like I, I'm saying that I think Williams is going to be going to have more points than Allen this week. That doesn't mean that Allen's not going to be relevant. Um, I think Jared Cook in this matchup is a great stream. Agreed. Is there anybody else on the on the Charger side of the ball you want to talk about? No, I th- I think um I-, I think Baltimore's got a good enough defense. I think that um once you get down off their kind of top three receiving options, you throw Eckler in who will probably get more than a couple looks out of the backfield. Um I don't know that you necessarily have a ton of ton more balls to go around to other other mouse yeah you can really feed i think uh i think even though cook is a good streamer i think he is obviously going to see the the least amount of uh, opportunities but i mean it's a tight end position and it's hard to find a tight end that's worth starting every week for most teams i think he's top 10 for sure yeah yeah um baltimore so looking at them the chargers are allowing 26 most points to the quarterback six most points to the running back 31st most to the wide receiver, so not a great matchup. And uh, second most to the tight end. You're starting Lamar regardless of matchup because he has that rushing baseline that helps you no matter what. I have, um, I know that the Chargers are allowing quite a bit of points to the running back positions, but I have, I, I'm really having a hard time picking who's going to be, who's going to be the lead back in the, in the backfield for Baltimore. It's Lamar. Yeah, I, I, with the running back designation in fantasy football, though. <laughs> they they need to just double designate him, and then everyone will pick him first overall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, think that, uh, I, I think that right now, um, you know, you might end up seeing one guy who gets more of a look on a given week and has a big game. Baltimore certainly got the capability in this one to have a running back who excels. I think who that is is really hard to say. So the floor for all of them are, is not great. And it's 
I don't know. I think it's hard to really have any faith in anybody that isn't Lamar running yeah. the ball. And and to be completely honest, with it's it's hard to say that like Tyson Williams was the most efficient pass catcher and runner when he was getting the ball, but they had to go the safer route because he was turning the ball over. Um, I think it, it, there's there's better better spots to go with your flex position than than a Baltimore running back right now. Agreed. Um, I have super low expectations for Hollywood Brown this week. Um, I'm, I mean, he's a he's a flex play maybe for me. I don't know what he is to you. I just the Chargers are shutting down the wide receivers, so I'm not super confident. I'm not super confident in Brown as a number one, and I wasn't super confident in anybody behind him either going into this week. Brown's kind of one of those guys in this week that I think he could make me look stupid uh, for sitting him, and I think he could make me look stupid for playing him. Uh, so if you got a guy who's got a good, like, a decently high floor, I'd probably go with him over Brown right now. I agree. But, uh, yeah, it's Brown's been hard to sit the last uh, couple games. I know, and it's it's hard to say that I'm not looking to start him after, especially after watching him last night. Um, Mark Andrews is going to have a great game. He had a great game last night. He's going to have a great game again this week, uh, with the Chargers allowing the sixth most points. Sorry, the, the sorry the Chargers allowing the second most points to the tight end position. He's, in my opinion, he's their number one wide receiver. Absolutely. So I, that's why I just. With how many opportunities he's going to have against the Chargers, that's also why I'm a little hesitant on Brown. So, yeah. Do you have any any deep streamers on the Baltimore side? Are you looking to play Sammy Watkins or uh, Rashad Bateman? <laughs> not even slightly. <laughs> I'm, I'm not either. I mean, I, I'm, I'm high on Bateman, but I, I don't think this is, this is the year. I think going on next year and beyond, that's where I'm looking to go after Bateman. All right, let's move on to Green Bay against Chicago. We got a divisional matchup here. Chicago is allowing Chicago. the 29th most points to the quarterback, 22nd most points to the running back, 10th most points to the wide receiver, and 26th most points to the tight end. Um, you're going to play Aaron Rodgers. He's been pretty good ever since week one. Lost a lot of people that week, including myself. Um, but you're going to play Aaron Rodgers. AJ Dillon is getting more involved. He had the the snaps. The snap percentage was still heavily in favor of Aaron Jones, but there it, it, you watch the game and you see AJ Dillon getting a lot more carries when he is on the field. He is getting the ball. So I I think just because there have been years previous where you had Aaron Jones and he would miss a game or two here and there, and you would get Jamal Williams coming in for him. I think they might be trying to decrease his workload a little bit and get AJ Dillon involved more because he's so good. I mean, they, they definitely had Williams involved to a decent extent in previous years, even when he was healthy and Dillon is, he, in my mind should be a top running back on a team, you know, next year, but with Jones in the lineup, he's uh, he's a maybe play. Yeah, 
Um, Devontae Adams, you're going to start him every week. He's the number one wide receiver in football. Um, yeah. And then I, if, if you're looking for a second wide receiver in this game, just because it is a plus matchup for the wide receiver position, I think it's Randall Cobb. He did have 55% of the snaps last week and, and ended with five or six targets. So, and I mean, just with the history he has with Rogers, I feel like if you're wanting to find another piece in this game, Cobb is a safe, like other piece to get on your roster. The, the simple fact is, is Cobb is a very mediocre talent, but Rodgers likes him, and he actually knows how to block and run his routes properly. So he's by far the best or second best receiver on that team because of that. And he doesn't drop passes as often. <laughs> yeah. so, I saw, saw a picture on Twitter today that was a picture of Alan Lazard running wide open across the middle and Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to Devontae Adams in triple coverage. Lazard was a guy who he, he had a lot of promise. Uh, he hasn't been as uh, quick in my opinion, since he's been back from that injury last year. And like you saw it, at least two times last game, the guy cannot block to save his life. No. Uh, you do any kind of screens or anything with him on the field, you better hope you throw to the other side because he, he he's not even looking like he's trying to block. Like no, he looked just... like a video game. Like we were watching that game together, and he looked like a video game glitch where like the 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 CP like the player just stopped and the game glitched out. And he didn't move at all and just watch the DB run right past him and <laughs> the guy who he's supposed to be blocking and just tackle the guy that's getting the screen pass. Yeah, and uh, let's face it, you let Adams get blown up once or twice and you're probably not getting a lot more opportunities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, let's go to the Chicago side of the ball. Green Bay is allowing the 17th most points to the quarterback, the 17th most points to the running back, the 22nd most points to the wide receiver, and the 13th most points to the tight end. Something I was pretty shocked at looking at um, from last week's stats was um, Damian Williams, obviously starting for Chicago. He only had 48% of the snaps last week. I think that it wasn't as as a lot of people faced off the fact that Chicago has been a one running back house for the last year and a bit. Um, they definitely, before they really decided to invest in Monty, they certainly, you know, everyone was saying, why aren't they giving him more carries? Because they were doing the committee thing. Um, I don't think Williams is that amazing of a running back that he's going to demand um, a big timeshare like some of the other backups you see across football, like in Minnesota and some others. Yeah. I think, well, I think he's, I think he's got a good enough skill set that you can play him reliably out, out of any of their backs. Williams is probably going to get some catches. He's going to get some runs. He's, I think he's their best option and they'll probably use him, but I don't see any reason why he, I don't think he's good enough that you would, really want to you know run the 
run the wheels off the car at all with them. Yeah, and I mean, he, he did still have 16 carries and 64 yards. It wasn't a great yards per carry. He still had the touchdowns so he was used. Uh, he was used in the red zone, um, and he was used in the passing game as well. So, I mean, he is still a good start. He is still starting running back until Monty gets back. But, um, yeah, I just I was a little shocked at the 48% snap percentage. Um, what are you doing with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney? I'm putting them on my bench and hoping things get better with the quarterback change. I mean, it's been two weeks of the quarterback change and it hasn't gotten any better. I feel like Allen Robinson was better when it was Andy Dalton. Yeah, well, Dalton favors guys like Robinson, but it's... I mean, anytime you have a rookie quarterback, there's growing pains. Uh, Jacksonville has one of the best you know, scouted rookies the last, like, 10 years. And he's struggling. It, being a rookie quarterback isn't easy, especially if you don't have yeah. you know, all the pieces falling in place for you. Uh, I think that he will improve. Uh, I think the back half of the season's probably going to be better in the front half. Uh, I think Mooney has a better chance of being reliable than Robinson. But that's just based off the fact that I think if Chicago's smart, they're going to do something a little more similar to what Green Bay did with Rodgers back in the day, where Rodgers didn't throw a ton over 20 yards, but they did a lot of different fun little sweeps and different plays to get them throwing to different areas. And I think if they start doing some of that stuff, if they start getting them um, a lot more looks to get guys open short, um, I think some of that stuff to Robinson deeper will open up. But I think that Mooney has a better chance. I think Fields is wanting to throw whoever looks open as most rookie quarterbacks do, where he's hesitant to trust the physical possession-style wide receiver that Allen Robinson is. So I think he's looking for whoever's going to get more separation, in my opinion right now. That's that's Darnell Mooney. Um, yeah. I, I love Cole Kabet. I think you can stream him this week. Um, and that's solely just based on the fact that Green Bay is allowing the 13th most points to the tight end. And a tight end is the position where I just want to, like, I will take the biggest chances on streaming a tight end just because it's it's so close to you're going to get a lot of points or you're, you're going to get a little. And there's really no in-between for most tight ends um, other than the big names. But uh, I, just with Cole Komet, the snap percentage he's been receiving, he's being used in the red zone. This yeah. is a good matchup. You could you could find worse stream like worse options out there to stream other than Cole Komet. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be excited if I had to go that route. But if you have if yeah have to if you don't really have a high waiver priority and people are taking some of the better options at tight end then sure 
I, I, I yeah, I feel like he's like one of those low and like the not not wanted. You can get him for a low waiver priority or or a zero dollar bid in a fab free agency, like free agency that way, right? So, yeah, if you have no money, <laughs> um, going on to Arizona versus Cleveland. Cleveland is allowing the fourth most points to the quarterback, the twenty seventh most points to the running back, the twentieth most points to the wide receiver, and the seventeenth most points to the tight end. I feel like probably two thirds of those points that they've allowed to the quarterback was from Justin Herbert last week. Yeah, yeah, they're Arizona's got a better defense than that stat indicates, um, but. Uh, I mean, they're they're certainly obviously susceptible. Yeah, um, I you're gonna play you're gonna play Kyler Murray because he's Kyler Murray and he's gonna throw for over five thousand yards this year and he's got and he's rushing quite a bit. Um, I'm not looking to start Chase Edmonds or James Conner this week just because Cleveland's defense is very good against the running back. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. And sorry, I said Arizona. I meant Cleveland. Um, but, I knew what uh, you meant. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully everybody else caught that too. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, we, we've talked about I think Connor is um, your better start week to week, usually, because he's he gets the red zone stuff. Yeah. Um, Edmonds in a standard league. I think his ceiling is super low in a full PPR league. I think he's a decent enough start this week. Yeah, I just I, – I, in a PPR league, absolutely. Um, I'm just – I'm concerned just because of how good that Cleveland defense is. He's – if you – he's a flex play or not in my lineup, in my opinion, just because of that defense. Connor has the higher upside, like you said, because of the touchdown potential. But uh, yeah, I'd be looking to to flex somebody else this week other than Edmonds. Um, I'm going to be tempering my wide receiver expectations for Arizona, just because. I mean, other than Hopkins, Hopkins is the best wide receiver on that team. He's you're going to start him every week, no matter what. But if you're if you're thinking like honestly, out of the other three, out of Kirk, out of Rondell Moore out of AJ Green. I'm probably leading Rondell Moore this week, just because I feel like he can oh. create more offense on his own than the other two. I think you're probably like if you throw Edmonds into the equation, you have four guys to distribute the rest of the targets to. I think Murray's a capable enough thrower at this point that we can assume he's just going to throw to who's open. It could be any one of them who has a big week. And if you happen to uh, have a magic eight ball that lets you know, then uh, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. But uh, if you don't have that magic eight ball, I wouldn't roll the dice on anybody else outside of Hopkins. Yeah, I I would agree. All right, so going over to the Cleveland side of the ball, Arizona's defense is actually pretty good. They are allowing the 25th most points to the quarterback, 24th most points to the running back, 13th most points to the wide receiver, 32nd most points to the tight end. Um, 
you probably weren't doing it anyway. Like, you weren't starting him anyways, but you're not going to start Baker Mayfield in this game. Uh, regardless, like, I was, I was ready to just quit, like, even the thought of flex, like, streaming Baker Mayfield at all this year after he had the torn labrum in his left shoulder that he's going to play through and get surgery in the offseason. But he had a really, I'm not going to say a really good game. He had a, a good game last week against the Chargers, but against Arizona, I'm not I'm not looking to play him because frankly, even though Mayfield had a good game last week, the offense rubs through sorry, the, the offense runs through Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they have two guys who could easily be a top three running back in the league, top five running back in the league. Um, they're both absolutely fantastic and they can afford to give 30 or 35 touches to their running backs because they're both so excellent. So it's easy to see them really throwing short stuff to the running backs, just running them and uh, trying to keep Murray off the field a bit and try and push the ball forward that way. I, yeah, I would agree. Um, it is a plus matchup for wide receivers, but saying that I'm, even though Odell Beckham Jr. led in snap percentage last week, I'm not trusting starting him. I might take a shot on Donovan Peoples-Jones because he had the most targets and yards. Yes, Rashard Higgins had a better week than him last week, but I feel like he's the safer play just because when Mayfield did throw the ball, he was looking a lot more towards Peoples-Jones than Higgins or OBJ. I just wouldn't start anybody outside of maybe Njoku if you need a tight end. Yeah, I'd, I'm, I am I would start Njoku. Uh, sorry, I want to add Njoku, but I'm not looking to start him this week just because Arizona is very good against the tight end. And I, I feel like, I think his name's Isaiah Simmons. I know his last name's Simmons. Um, that's uh, the linebacker for Arizona. He's an athletic freak. He could play safety. He could play corner. But he plays linebacker, and he's very good at covering the tight end. Yeah. Okay, going over to Vegas and Denver. Um, Denver is allowing the 31st most points to the quarterback, the 30th most points to the running back, the 18th most to the wide receiver, and the 31st most points to the tight end. Um, Derek Carr is back to being Derek Carr. I'm not looking to stream him. Um, I have pretty low expectations for Josh Jacobs this week because the Denver's Denver's front four is very solid, and those linebackers are pretty good as well. Um, you can flex Rugs and Renfro. I don't want to start Edwards, and you're going to start Darren Waller because of like regardless of matchup, you're starting Darren Waller. Waller is the only yeah, I think he's the only piece that's kind of matchup proof. Denver's a great defense, and Vegas. They just lost their head coach. I don't think you really want to... You don't want to put anybody who isn't Waller on your lineup right now. I mean, look at how... Like, Houston is a dumpster fire, and they have... Sorry, not Houston. Jacksonville's a dumpster fire. They have distractions with their head coach, and it is absolutely nothing compared to the distraction that is John Gruden. I... Honestly, I don't know how any of the players on Vegas are going to be motivated enough this week, especially in a tough matchup. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so Denver, going over to that side of the ball, uh, Vegas is allowing the 24th most points to the quarterback, the 7th most points to the running back, 
29th to the wide receiver and 12th most points to the tight end. You can find better streams than Teddy Bridgewater. I'm, I don't know who to, who's going to be better to start between Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams. Who do you, who are you leaning towards in the running, like in, in with the running backs for Denver? Every week I'm thinking it'll be Williams. Uh, I think it's a lot closer to a 50, 50 coin toss than I want to believe. But uh, I think Williams, he's younger. He's got more tread tires. And I think he's, uh, he's just going to hit holes harder and, uh, you know, play through tackles harder. And I think it's just a matter of time before he starts to differentiate himself a bit. It's so frustrating too, just because watching watching them both run and, and and on all of their snaps, like Williams looks like clearly the better running back, the more talented running back. The but like he honestly looks, Melvin Gordon is a good pass catching back, but Williams looks like he's the better pass catcher as well. Yeah, and I mean Vegas is uh, Vegas is a team to run the ball against. Absolutely, yeah. So I. I think either one of them is fine enough this week, and I think Williams. It it kind of all depends who gets the touchdown, but uh, I think Williams has a little higher uh, higher floor appeal. Yeah. Floor. yeah. Um, Jerry Judy could be back, even if he is back. I'm not starting him this week, just because after that ankle injury, I think it's still going to take him a game to get back to game speed. So I think if you do. If you do have Cortland Sutton or you have Tim Patrick, I think you're okay to still flex them this week. When Judy is back 100%, I think Tim Patrick's role is going to de- decrease. It is a tough matchup for wide receivers, but I think it's going to be a tough matchup for whoever Vegas decides is the number one wide receiver because that's going to be who Casey Hayward's going and following all over the field. I think either way, I don't think you're touching anybody on their wide receiver core um, until you see how Judy integrates back in and what they do with Patrick and Sutton. Yeah. Um, aside from them, Noah Fant is a good start this week. Yeah. I'm I'm happy starting him, but I didn't draft him anywhere, so unfortunately that I, I don't get the the joy of starting Noah Fant. All right, going on to Dallas and New England. Um, New England is allowing the 28th most points to the quarterback, the 21st most to the running back, the 25th most to the wide receiver, and the 24th most to the tight end. This is a tougher matchup for Dak, but you're still going to play him. Zeke is okay to play, even though it's a tougher matchup as well. I I kept saying in my head every single time I looked at all of the players on Dallas, and I was like, Oh, this is a tough matchup for them because it's New England. Oh, this is a tough matchup for this guy because it's New England. But New England tends to take away who your best player is, and I'm not sure who that's going to be in this game, like who they're going to target to take away. Is it going to be the run game with Zeke? Is it going to be Dak? Is it going to be Cooper or C.D. Lamb? I'm not sure. Um, I think I lean towards them trying to take away the run game. I think it's pretty tough to say what Belichick's going to do week to week. Um, I think that uh, I think it's going to be a lot harder for him to take away 
any one piece on Dallas because they have so many pieces. You take away yeah. C.D. Lamb, well, Amari Cooper is still, you know, a league beater. Um, you know, he can still put up 30 points easily. Um, you take away Zeke, um, then you leave Cooper and Lamb kind of with less coverage, and you definitely don't want to do that, especially when you just shipped away your best corner. Yeah. Um, I mean, he wasn't I, playing. I, he hasn't been playing at all this year, and New England still allowed the 24th most points to the tight end. Sorry, the uh, 25th most points to the wide receiver. So, like, they're still very good against the wide receiver, even without... It, it's, a, it's a Belichick defense. They're yeah. always good. But I, I think it's kind of one of those where um, Dak, Zeke, Cooper, Lamb, Schultz, you're going to play them because their ceiling is so great. Um, and kind of cross your fingers that uh, you don't happen to be the one piece that Belichick destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be so disappointing. Um, going yeah. over to the New England side of the ball, Dallas is allowing the seventh most points to the quarterback, 28th most points to the running back, seventh most to the wide receiver, and eighth most to the tight end. I have low expectations for Damian Harris this week because he's also suffering from some injuries. Um, and just Dallas's defense has been pretty good against the run. They've been a lot better than the points allowed towards them at some positions. Uh, Trayvon Diggs has more interceptions than, I think, five teams in the whole NFL right now. Like, they're they're creating takeaways. Um, Jacoby Myers, I think, is a great play this week uh, just because – I mean, the seventh most points to the wide receiver, and I feel like he is the number one wide receiver on that team. He's the safest play. And I think I, I, I had the two tight ends I wanted to pick up this week were David Njoku and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry has been very good since he's since he's been with New England. He didn't have a – he had an okay first two weeks, but the last two weeks he's been above, uh, I believe, 13 points in a half-point PPR, which is really good for a tight end position. Like if you're if you're looking to stream a tight end and you're looking to pick one up, Hunter Henry it would be my target. I think uh, I think that's I definitely agree with everything you said. Um, those are the two guys that I think kind of have some decent upside and Henry, especially I think um, rookie quarterback. You got to assume he's going to improve, and Henry is definitely the guy there. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's a top tight end in New England. It's usually a good place yeah. to be. That is true. Um, let's go on to our last matchup, which is going to be the Monday Nighter. It's Buffalo against Tennessee. Tennessee is allowing the 11th most points to the quarterback, the 16th most points to the running back, the most points to the wide receiver, and the 30th most points to the tight end. You're going to start Josh Allen no matter what. Moss is a low RB2, so sorry, low-end RB2 to flex, in my opinion. Stephon Diggs is a great Stephon. start. And uh, Sa and like Emmanuel Sanders is is relevant weekly, in my opinion. It, Josh Allen, when he rolls out, like when he, gets, when he gets any kind of pressure on him and he starts rolling out, he's been looking at Sanders a lot this year. The thing about it is, is Sanders is 
the best receiver on that team. He's just not the most talented. Yeah. Diggs is the most talented, but Sanders has been around the block. He's played with tons of quarterbacks. He knows how to run routes. He knows how to cut back to the ball. He knows when to block. He's he's a fantastic pickup for them this year, and he's going to have fantasy relevance. Uh, it's particularly notable when he go, comes against teams that have good pass rushes because Sanders is in my opinion, a lot better in short throws than Diggs. And uh, he's also a lot better at cutting to the ball. Yeah, he fights. He fights on every route. He's just, he's he's a great vet. Yeah. Um, Beasley, I think, is also a guy that you can flex this week. But uh, if you were lucky enough to get Dawson Knox on your team, I don't think you're going to have a great output from him this week. Just I wouldn't expect top five. I think you can definitely feel safe in top 15. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not a horrible start, but just not a top five like he has been. Yeah. All right. So looking at the Tennessee side of the ball, Buffalo is pretty much shutting down everything. Um, they are the, they allow the least amount of points to the quarterback. The 31st most points to the running back, the 32nd most points to the wide receiver, and the 22nd most points to the tight end. You're not starting Ryan Tannehill this week. I'm not, no. I'm not um, going to play him. Here. Yeah. I have him in two leagues, and he's on my bench in both. You're going to start Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is – you start him every week. Um, Julio, you got to watch for what his health's doing. And I'm not looking really to start A.J. Brown this week. The only person on Tennessee that I think is someone that you're going to actually start with any kind of confidence is Henry. The rest of it, I think, is kind of a void if it's at all possible. Yeah, I, I would I would really agree with that. I just I don't have any faith in any of the other pieces with how good Buffalo's defense is playing. A little bit of a downer way to end the podcast, but uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, on that note, um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we're going to be back again tomorrow with Zach, so uh, hopefully you guys all join us tomorrow again. <laughs>